boss. Some wrestle with family members. Some wrestle with themselves when they're torn in two directions. It's part of the human condition, isn't it? To wrestle. Today's Old Testament reading is the classic and deeply insightful story of when Jacob wrestled with God on the night before he was to meet with his brother Esau. And some have called this the story of the crippling victory. In all our wrestling, we can overcome, but there is often a cost. The story begins years earlier when the twins, Jacob and Esau, are struggling together in their mother's womb. You see, even before birth, Jacob was a wrestler. And when they were born, you may recall that Jacob grasped the heel of a slightly older brother. It turned out that the whole of Jacob's life was marked by cunning and deception. In fact, his name, Jacob, means trickster, overreacher, or supplanter. He tricked his brother out of his birthright. He then had to flee for his life. He had overreached. But it was working for his uncle Laban that he met his match because Laban tricked him into working for both Leah and Rachel, seven years each. Nevertheless, Jacob was true to the covenant that God had made with his grandfather Abraham. Jacob was underneath a person of faith. He believed in God's promise, but his downfall was that he trusted in his own cunning and natural talent to carry forward God's promise. And now all his chickens have come home to roost because God has called him back to the land of Canaan and the inevitable meeting with Esau. Jacob is anxious. Will Esau welcome him? Will he reject him? Will he seek revenge? We don't know. The narrative is loaded with tension. And so on the night before the fateful meeting, Jacob sends his wives and his servants and his herds and flocks and all his possessions over the Jabbok River in readiness for the meeting. He sent them across the stream, but he himself remained. No other people, no possessions, just Jacob. His life has, had been stripped back, the sun set, and it was night. And in the darkness, Jacob is apprehended by an unnamed person who wrestled with him throughout the night. It's only later that we are told that this person is the mysterious God of his forefathers. And as they wrestled, hour by hour, almost to break of day, the person touched Jacob's hip and put it out of joint. But in spite of the pain, Jacob continued to cling to his assailant, saying, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the person asked Jacob, what is your name? He said, Jacob. The man replied, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. And then God blessed him. Now, there is much in this encounter, and it is a turning point for Jacob and indeed the whole history of Israel. First of all, imagine Jacob wrestling with God, being injured, but nevertheless continuing to cling to God until he received a blessing. He doesn't give up, but continues to engage with God. He perseveres with God. You see, up until this point, Jacob had tried to carry forward God's promises using his own natural capacities. 
life had been marked by conflict, with Esau, with Laban. But now, on the eve of his return, Jacob encounters the mysterious presence of God in the form of a fighting man. You know, we're always trying to put God into a category, um, a neat category. Oftentimes we think of God as a loving but somewhat permissive deity, a nod and a wink to our behaviour at times. Or we think of God as the one who perhaps made it all but is not particularly present today. Or we may think of God as being in a somewhat undignified retreat in the Western world. But this is not what we read in, about God in Scripture. Instead we find that God is present with people. God is there at crucial turning points. God wants to engage with us and wants us to respond. God is a mystery, impossible to tame, impossible to control, impossible to fully understand. God is inscrutable. But here's the thing. When Jacob stopped wrestling with God because he'd run out of strength and began to cling to God, asking for God's blessing, then we discover that God has been present, after all, for good, and God imparts his blessing. Now, I want to be brutally honest here. You look up, I suspect. Church life is very hard. Next week, the staff and other helpers will clean out the entire admin building in readiness for contractors to move in. On top of that, there are the daily demands of ministry, problems to solve, expectations to meet, conflict to avert, bills to pay, and the ongoing concern for the future of the parish in our current cultural context. Ministry is tough. And I know you all know that already. But every now and then, it's quite good to name it. But here's what we need to keep in mind. We cannot do this in our own strength. We just can't. And the main reason is obvious, but we constantly forget it. The reason is that we are involved in a spiritual work. It begins with the Spirit, continues with the Holy Spirit, and it will end with the Spirit. Any approach to ministry that does not include at its very centre prayer and the full engagement of, of our affections, our minds and hearts toward God is destined to fail. Because this is a spiritual work. We will only see growth and renewal when we stop relying on our human capacities and instead cling to God and ask for God to bless this work. So, let's get back to Jacob. Because there's something else that's happening that's very important. Jacob is given a new name. And many will know that names in ancient times indicate a character. Your name describes your character and therefore your destiny. And so, Jacob the trickster, the one who relied on his own cunning, becomes Israel. Meaning one who strives with God. From relying on human resources, he changed to a person who sought the resources of God. 
Jacob asked for a blessing and received a new identity. Someone who knew the power and the resources and the blessing of God. And Israel, as he is now called, names the place where this happened. Peniel, which means the face of God. In his striving and wrestling, he realises that he was engaging with God all along. The mysterious fighting man is God. Sometimes I feel I'm a, in a wrestling match with God. And that's, that's okay, that's good, because it's full engagement. And then he looked up, and the sun rose upon Jacob, and he limped away because of his hip. In the encounter, Jacob becomes Israel. In the encounter, he is transformed. He wrestles with God, but he is wounded in the encounter. Jacob wins a crippling victory. And that is the profound purpose of God among us as well. We want our church to succeed and to grow. We have an ambition that St. Barnabas will stay strong into the future. But are we doing this in our own strength? Are we building our parish relying on technique, technology perhaps, programs, processes, ultimately human effort? Have we forgotten that this is a spiritual work? And if things are not working for us, is it because we have not been humbled? It was only when Jacob's strength had failed and he began to cling to God that he received God's blessing. We also need to believe that God has a good future for us, that God wants to bless us, but it will not come by our programs or plans or strategies. It will only come when we are humbled and realise that we have nothing left to offer, but we decide to continue to cling to God as Jacob did. Then we will find that God answers our prayers, but not exactly as we might hope, because as we receive God's blessing, we are changed in the process. We are humbled. We might become crippled. We find we have won a crippling victory. Do you wrestle with God in prayer? Do you really want to receive God's blessing? Do we really want to see God at work in, in our families, in our church family? Then cling to God. Seek God's face and you will receive a blessing, but there will be a cost. You know, when Pip and I were first married, we wrestled an awful lot. Uh, again, I don't mean physically, you must understand that. But simply trying to come together as a married couple, it was not easy. But in the wrestling, you know, in the wrestling we changed. We were humbled. We developed a limp. But we grew, and it was good. In your wrestling with God, you will be changed from demanding that God step up and do something about this situation, which we often revert to. Come on, God. Swoop in. Sort things out. Sort this mess out. Look at the world. Isn't there more you could do? That's on the one side. On the other, 
is being ourselves part of the solution, crippled victims. C.S. Lewis said, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, it changes me. The genius of God is that he achieves two things at the same time. He changes us as we wrestle with him in prayer, and he carries forward his vision for a renewed humanity through us. I invite you to wrestle with God and be changed. Amen.